In our text this morning, a man approaches Jesus with a burning question. Good teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a really important question. It's a question I think most of us have asked at one time or another. And given how important that question is, friends, I'm fascinated by the fact that so many of us seem to just plow ahead and answer the question ourselves rather than listen carefully to the answer that Jesus offers. I know a man, for example, who believes with his whole heart that to inherit eternal life, he must memorize hundreds of Bible verses and pray lengthy prayers and spend a certain number of hours each week in Bible study. And to be fair, he came by this honestly. He learned it in his childhood church where he was required to memorize Scripture every week. There was a test. And he told me that one time when he was a young boy, he went to Sunday school and he hadn't done the work. He failed the Scripture memorization test, and his Sunday school teacher strongly insinuated that as a result, his eternal soul was at risk, and that if he wanted to go to heaven, he needed to take his faith more seriously. This gentleman is in his 50s now, friends, and he's working harder to get to heaven than just about anybody I know. On the other end of the spectrum, there was a man who was a member of my former congregation who came to church twice a year. No more and no less. I saw him on Easter, and I saw him at Christmas. And one year, uh, on one of those holidays, I said to him, you know, we really miss you when you're not here. And he said, well, I try to come often enough that when I die, Jesus will know who I am. In his view, there was a minimal church attendance requirement that he had to meet if he wanted to go to heaven. Friends, what do you think? What would Jesus say about those two men? Are either one of them on the right path? Well, I want to look at our text this morning, friends, which I know you're familiar with, in a deeper and more serious way paying special attention to Jesus' answer to the question at hand. So the man comes to him and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looks at him and says, well, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And the man says to him, well, teacher, I've kept all of these since my youth. Now, I want to take a step back here, friends, and just say, wow, that is very confident, don't you think? I mean, could it be true that this man has never told a single lie in his entire life? He's never cheated on anything, not even once. He's never stolen so much as a piece of bubble gum from 7-Eleven as a kid. I don't know about that. But I do know this. His answer reveals his heart. Friends, this man is doing the best that he can to earn his way to heaven, 
to meet all the requirements. He thinks he has to do that. He's so convinced of it, he can't even admit to Jesus that he's ever made a single mistake in his entire life. So he says to him, oh, I have kept all of the commandments since my youth. And how does Jesus respond? Mark tells us that he looks at the man and loves him and says, one thing you lack, go sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven, then come, follow me. And the man's response is like a novel condensed to a sentence, right? Mark says the man is then shocked and goes away grieving for he has many possessions. Now, it's right about at this point that many of us start getting really, really uncomfortable with this passage, right? I mean, we know what the question is. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And then it appears that right here, black and white in Holy Scripture is Jesus' answer, you must sell everything you own and give the money to the poor if you want to inherit eternal life. Now, that's disconcerting, isn't it? I mean, if we sell everything we own, all of our possessions, and give the money away, we can't support ourselves or our families. If we, if we did that, our children would go hungry. Now, that just seems impossible. That seems like an impossible thing to do. Well, friends, the rich man thought it was impossible too, and that's the point. See, Jesus came up with a requirement that this man could not meet on his own in order to help him understand that he could not earn his way to heaven. That when it comes to eternal life, there is no earning or deserving, there's only receiving of the gift. This is not a command from Christ telling us that if we want to take the up escalator after death, we must sell everything that we own and give all the money away. Now, actually, friends, this is an invitation, you see, to the reality of grace. One thing you lack, says Jesus to this man. Friends, what did the man lack? He lacked trust in something greater than himself. He lacked trust in something beyond his own efforts. He lacked trust in Christ. He lacked relationship with Jesus. Come, follow me, says Jesus. That's the classic invitation into a relationship. But this man is so task-oriented, he only hears a requirement that he cannot meet himself. And so then he's shocked and he goes away grieving. Now, before we climb up on our collective high horse and judge this man, let's be honest that in our culture he's the kind of person who is often lifted up as an example to us, someone we want to emulate. 
Because our culture teaches us that it is very good to be powerful, and it is very good to be rich, and it is especially good to be a person who is in control, the kind of person who will bootstrap themselves up and take control of a situation, a can-do sort of person, the sort of person who says, what do I have to do? And then we do it, problem solved. Well, that might work out beautifully if we're running a corporation, but it might not work out so well in our life of faith. Because you see, friends, Christianity is not about requirements. It's about relationship. Heaven is not about earning or deserving. It's all about gift. It's all about grace. Each one of us is called to let go of the idea that we can earn or deserve our way into eternal life. We've got to let go of the idea that we can do it on our own. There's a very old story, one of my favorites, about a man who was a very strong swimmer who loved to go out and swim in the ocean. And one day he went for a swim out in the Gulf of Mexico. He swam far, far from shore, farther than he had ever been before. And he was floating out there in the water, you know, looking up at the sky when all of a sudden, the weather changed. You know how that can happen on water, especially one minute it's sunny and the next minute the wind changes direction and the clouds come, and that's what happened to him. He realized that a storm was coming and he had to make it back to shore. So he began to try to swim back, but the tide had turned against him. He, he kept being pushed farther back, and the, the harder he tried, the more he exerted himself trying to get back to shore, he felt he just ended up farther away. And he began to panic and thrash about in the water and swim even harder, and he thought to himself, well, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. I'm going to drown out here by myself in the Gulf of Mexico. And then a thought hit his brain. He thought, perhaps, I should stop trying to get myself back to shore and instead tread water and float here and wait. And so that's what he did. He waited for quite a long time, but eventually he was rescued by the Coast Guard and later, reflecting upon the entire experience, he shuddered to think how close he had come to death because he knew if he had continued to struggle on, intent on getting back to shore himself, he would have become completely exhausted and he would have drowned. He was never going to make it on his own. My friends, there is not a single thing we can do to make it to heaven on our own. I don't care who tells you otherwise. There is not a divine checklist of religious behaviors that we must complete in order to get our ticket punched for the pearly gates. God does not require us to give everything away or to be especially nice to try to keep all Ten Commandments. Those are important and they honor God and all that God has done for us, but they don't earn our way to heaven. 
So friends, you can be as perfect as you want to try to be. You can live like Mother Teresa. But I'm telling you, if you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ, if you are not trusting in His grace, one thing you lack. After the rich man went away, Jesus turned to His disciples and He said, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it is impossible. Friends, do you hear what he is saying? For mortals it is impossible. We cannot do it on our own. But not for God, says Jesus. For God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. That man had kept all of the commandments from his youth. But one thing he lacked, and that, my friends, was trust in Christ. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for the gift of grace. Oh, Lord, may we trust it and trust in you and be released from the never-ending hamster wheel of earning and deserving and doing. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.